All right. It is 12.22 p.m. on a Friday, 5-14-2021. That is May 14th, 2021. We are balls deep into May. I don't know about that. Are we? It's true. My dick is 14 inches long. Okay. Um, I thought when we're balls deep, we're a, 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 more than half a month in. So that's what I was thinking. Oh, you're like, you're talking about like half shaft. You're half shafting it. I guess balls Sometimes deep would be. Sometimes small girls, you got to do that. Balls deep, I guess, would be all the way in, right? So, yeah, I guess so, so yeah. But would um, balls deep be like the 31st? That, yeah, it would probably be the 31st. Yeah. The, just the tip would be like on the 3rd or on the 4th. Okay, this Ooh. is um interesting. Interesting, an interesting start. Um, so how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Life is good. Um, I just got four thousand dollars into my bank oh. account, which is nice. Nice. How do you how do you manage that? Uh, I um I was into embezzlement. So, oh, nice. Yep. It finally what just paid of off. What kind embezzlement? We're talking. Who did you embezzle? Um, the prince of Saudi Arabia. That's cool. Yeah. I always thought embezzlement was like a a sexy word, like I, in, I, like. Yeah. Like bosom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> bosom men. Like I want to embezzle my face and some bosom. You know what I'm saying? Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Um, I actually. That's don't... not what that word means. But uh, yeah, it does not. Um, let's see. <laughs> totally not using it correctly. Left or miss. Like I want to embezzle my face and some titties. You can you can swing it that way. I want to embezzle my nuts and some and some bush. Okay. Okay. Well, um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, uh, if you hit it from the right angle, then it doesn't matter. Um, let's change the subject. <laughs> okay. Let's do that. All right. Um, um, what, did you, what did you think about the movie? Oh, so we're talking about Tenant. Tenant was good. I guess. Is that the movie you saw? That is the movie I saw. But you you saw it a while ago. So I would. I, I saw it a see- while ago. How about you tell me tell me the story of Tenant as if I've never seen it. Okay. Okay. So basically, there is um there's an opera house and people uh-huh. are performing and there's a crowd of people just chilling, watching, watching people make music. And then yeah. some masks, masked bandits come in, start shooting, guns blazing. Are they terrorists? They seem like they're terrorists. Yeah. They seem like they're okay. Terrorists. Yep. They seem like they're terrorists. And I'm they... gonna drop the facade and, and agree with you that I've seen the movie. Okay. But yeah. All right. This all, this is all accurate so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From what I saw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was um. Um, they look like regular clothed uh, people with ski masks. Um, they sort of look like SWAT people. Oh, no, no. Uh, the SWAT people come in after. That's true. Yeah. The the main character is like a SWAT guy. Yes. Yes. Um, but he's undercover. He's like sort of pretending to be a terrorist but also SWAT. It was really confusing because like they took some stickers and slapped it on their vest and mm-hmm. now and now they're... Yeah, pu- they waited for the agency to show up and then they had stickers for that agency so that they could blend in. So the ambulance showed up and it's like um, it's like Interpol or whatever uh, or like the American Red Cross and like they had a bunch of them. They had a bunch of different stickers and depending on which agency showed up, they they would know to, uh, they would have stickers to blend in to that agency when um, first responders showed up. So that's what they had and then that that was that was what the stickers were for. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. First was, of all, nothing in this movie really. Uh, a lot of this movie doesn't make any sense. Yeah, bro, it was so confusing. I was like, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on at all. Um, the first two thirds of the movie, I had no idea what was going on, and it was sort of designed that way, right? Like the the rules of the universe aren't really explained fully until like the second act, halfway through the second act. Because you, it's first like the first. It's like, oh, this is just a heist, and it's like a CIA guy who is trying to find like some 
plutonium plutonium the- i still don't know what the fuck that was the whole time i thought and then they were like they made they had gold bars and i thought that was the plutonium but so yeah you thought the gold bars were plutonium yeah because they were he handed it to him and it was like that's not how you handle plutonium i'm like that's not plutonium it's a gold bar but it was yeah that's this is like- a conversation you had with yourself internally <laughs> yeah internally you while said, i was you watching said to yourself yeah you said to yourself that's not how you handle plutonium and then <laughs> no, 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 was, no 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 that's not plutonium no the villain the villain said to the protagonist um he thought he tossed him a gold bar and was like that's not how you yeah. handle p- plutonium yeah don't handle the plutonium like that oh, okay that's what he said okay okay because i thought he did said- you have um did you have subtitles on in the movie no no i couldn't because the, the sound mixing for this movie was notoriously bad yeah there, there was times i didn't know what uh some of the actors were saying um right but they didn't have yeah, subtitles was- available it's weird what did you watch it on uh hbo max they have subtitles available couldn't find it I, I tried it was um like usually it says it on the side or on the top but it didn't couldn't find the subtitles and when i went on reddit people were like yeah subtitles would make this movie way better but i don't know why they don't yes. have subtitles <laughs> yeah because like you can't really understand what anybody's saying because the sound the sound design the, the mixing for this movie is so terrible yeah and um edward collins was the other guy who was the yeah. partner <laughs> the vampire guy in the in, in the movie he was pretty good he was but it was still mad confusing because um at the end he, yeah okay he, do, you so, know, do you know what happened i know what happened and i i kind of i think i understand the movie but i don't really understand fully yeah I do. um because a lot of it i think there's some like there's some errors at, at, at its core it's a time travel movie right and the way the time travel works is there are objects that travel forward in time and that's most objects and then there are objects that travel backwards in time so they enter into a time machine and when they exit the time machine they start traveling uh the opposite direction they were traveling in time so an object that was moving forward in time once it goes into the machine it will start traveling backward in time and a, an object that was traveling backward in time once it enters the machine it will start traveling forward in time. yeah that part did not make sense whatsoever because like there was people that went into the machine but they're still traveling forward in time somehow um like... yeah right okay so yeah the way it worked the way it always worked was the object with the inverted object and the um the regular object would enter the machine at the same time because at the moment that the like the the time movement i guess splits is like that's where it enters the machine so you see you see the thing like as a forward moving thing you see uh an inverted object enter the machine at the si- at the same time it the uh forward version enters the machine so at any one time like both both objects are existing in the same universe in the forward universe so they're in the in the universe there are like inverted objects and there there are like standard objects and they both because of the way time works they both enter the machine at the same time yeah dude that that was probably the most um like complex uh movie i've seen about time travel <laughs> it's like it was so it was really 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 complicated um but this is like <laughs> this is a christopher nolan movie and this is the most christopher nolan movie out of all the christopher nolan movies because it fucks with time and then like there's all these like huge set pieces and then there are like um there are there's this score that goes yeah you know um this grand orchestral score with um huge set pieces and time fuckery and even even the way like the movie is written it just like launches you into the action and then there's some exposition scenes um 
But uh, yeah, the movie itself doesn't really make a whole lot of sense on your first watch, and I I don't think the movie is very good. I I don't think it's very good. I don't I think, think it's, it's good like a either. Six out of 10. Yeah, I I was entertained. Very interesting. It's I, very interesting, but it was not. I, yeah, I was entertained, but I and I enjoyed myself, but I don't think it was a good movie. Yeah, I don't like the part where like the whole time. So like I was reviewing the movie. I was uh, I was late at night, and I was like trying to remember um how what I was gonna talk about and i was recording like some things in my recorder just to rem- remind myself what i was going to talk about and i kept on saying the protagonist i don't know his name yet yeah. but the protagonist and this guy and i was like the protagonist and this guy and then to come find out i i look up the actor the cast it's members. literally just the protagonist that yeah. was so dumb bro like what do you, what i don't understand no, that he's never named it's that's fine i don't fine. i don't i don't get that dude like w- w- give the guy a name and he but it's, he, an, art- but it's it, an artistic choice it's fine but it's like, so weird because some, he refers to himself as the protagonist in the movie yeah like, like in the writing it, like how do you feel about the dialogue in this movie oh dialogue i think was was pretty good dialogue was good yeah dialogue i, was I think good. so too i think yeah. so too and like sometimes he refers to like people he's fighting against as antagonists huh. and himself as the protagonist he refers to himself as the protagonist <laughs> yeah. but like he's never he's never named yeah and in, in regular conversation i guess like in no point in the conversation like was he ever referred to by name right so he's just the protagonist i guess which i guess i'm I'm fine with that i'm actually fine with it you know there's some movies out there where the characters never get names and like in in the credits they're just referred to as uh man woman but it's usually it's usually for like hardcore like art house films where this is the case um and usually they're like more artistic than like a christopher nolan movie this is like a this is a triple a film that people will see in movie theaters it's not like it's not really an independent film and it's it's not really trying to do anything artistic it's just trying to present it's just trying it's just it's trying to make you have a good time right it's a it's a good time pop, popcorn movie yeah right? but and so to have i rather like watch some adam sandler movies for that bro this was like yo the, i didn't understand how edward cullen's was the guy that saved them and then he was dead in the elevator and then he was alive here it was like what did you understand that part oh you're talking about the well let's robert patterson i think i do understand what happened there um i do understand what happened there you do so yeah i think so um but let's let's go back let's let's go chronologically through the movie so the first scene you're right like there's the opera scene and the terrorist attack and like the main character the protagonist the main the protagonist he's like a cia agent and he's tasked with like he's doing a sting operation to try to like rescue uh rescue this guy because the, the terrorist attack is just it's it's a front so they can assassinate this guy and the like the dialogue is really really weird in this movie they don't they don't say that explicitly what i just said where like it's a front to assassinate the guy they say something like um the siege is a disguise to vanish you or something and they keep they keep repeating this like every, uh, people like talk in code a lot of the movies like really really un- incomprehensible and this is a problem with nolan movies like a lot of his writing and a lot of his stories um they're written in sort of like an incomprehensible and purposely confusing way um to come off smarter than the movie actually is and i, I don't think Infu- inception was really that 
complicated of a movie, but Inception kind of did the same thing. And so did Interstellar. And to some extent, even his first movie did that as well. Um, it was called Following. Can you, but, um, you know, can you say that one more time? Like, what is he doing? He's making it um, difficult to I understand? I think Nolan, Nolan's movies oftentimes will be like purposely confusing um, under the guise of the movie being intelligent. Right. Okay. <laughs> but just because something is confusing doesn't mean it's intelligent. Yeah. Right. It, it's just confusing. And it's not even like confusing in the way that like a poorly written story is confusing. It's it's like purposely confusing, but in a way where you can have like plausible di- deniability and say like it's it's just smart. It's a smart movie. And I just I don't really buy into that idea. Not for Nolan movies anyway. I think there are some movies that are like really, really difficult to understand because they're like they're written by geniuses and they because they have a lot of heavy themes that um, require a lot of prerequisite information and like being able to parse symbolism. And I don't think any of Nolan's movies are like that. I don't think there's any heavy symbolism in any of Nolan's movies. But anyway, yeah. So this movie was like this. Um, a lot of the concepts in the movie, like the way time travel works, it's really, really it's kind of incomprehensible. And I don't think it's consistent. I think the way that time travel works in this movie isn't consistent. And I was and it's it's really kind of hard to to understand, not because the not because it's complex and confusing, but because in this movie particularly, I think the time travel isn't presented honestly. It's not it's presented in a way that's purposely incomprehensible because you don't really know it's a time travel movie until like halfway through the movie. Yeah. You think like because initially, like when they show up, when he shows up to like to uh, the lab to meet that woman, and he shoots the inverted bullet, they just think the bullets are special, right? Someone has like special weapons. Yep. Right. So, to, like, track down these special weapons, and then the movie kind of becomes about like track down these special weapons because some special weapons guy is inverting. He's creating inverted ammunition, and if you can meet this guy and extract this information from him, like we'll figure out how to um, how to prevent World War Three or something. But like that's another thing that's a problem with the movie. Like we're we're told the audience is basically told like of these high stakes that the world is basically going to end, um, but like the the world will end in the future, and we're told this as the audience, but like we don't ever see it. You know, it's like we kind of have to take it on faith that like the world is going to end, but like it's it's never shown. It's never shown like the the distant future is never shown. We just kind of have to we kind of have to take it on faith, Um, which isn't too much of an issue like um, that. But anyway, so, yeah, well, like, do you have anything else to add to that? Like, what's your... Yeah, I thought, I thought, like, it wasn't all, it wasn't all bad. It was, uh, I like the action scenes, scenes and the, some of the fight se- sequences. Um, and I like the bungee jump they did at the beginning. So the action was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it was entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. It was didn't it, I still don't I still don't understand the inverted <laughs> fight scene where like he jumped yeah, that, he jumped that, out that of that didn't make any sense. He jumped out there. of two of the places. Like and and Edward Collins, I mean, yeah. uh, sorry, Robert Patterson chased them down and then he also fought himself. I don't understand why he was fighting himself. No, he didn't fight himself. He fought his partner because they were partners for a long time. No, wait, what, what, what? And it's sort of alluded to that, like, 
Cat's kid is is Max. Wait, Wait hold on. No, Wait. Max. Max is Cat's kid. So what's like? What's the sidekick's name? Um, the sidekick. I I don't actually know. Does he get a name? Ad, Edward Collins. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, um, Robert Patterson's name is. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you got a name. Let's see. It is uh, Neil. Robert Patterson's name is Neil. Um, but it's no. Just Neil. That's his last name. That's his. Or his first just, name. Just, they only get one name. It's Neil Cat. Uh, Ivis is one of the. So some people get on, only a name. Only. Yeah. Okay. Um, so his name is Neil. Yeah. But it's sort of alluded to in the in the end that Max is Neil. What? Because at the end, like he has to go really really far back in time because it's all about like finding these artifacts and making sure like time travel be- stays impossible the plot in this movie is kind of really incomprehensible Dude, which yeah. is why i was like kind of asking you to explain yeah like what's your interpretation <laughs> of the the events of the movie I and mean, at, what, at yeah. what point did you learn that the movie's tra- this is time travel uh well i i mean uh, i read the premise um, i read the premise of the movie that's how i knew it had to do time travel with time travel but did you did you read it before the movie or after the movie before the movie you damn so you spoiled the movie well, for I, mean, I just i just looked it up online to see if i'm gonna like it uh, i looked it up on google and it just gave me the description of it and i was like yeah this sounds like a solid movie but they did time travel not in the way that i'm used to and like i mean Mar- right. marvel and dc and all of those people do it all of those um companies do it and it's a supernatural thing that a lot of people do but they did it differently so kudos to them for doing it differently but it was so fucking confusing because like the you know what fight scene i'm talking about though like when they both the first one be- between the protagonist and the inverted protagonist yeah. where they're at the um yeah the report yeah yeah so like he, yeah I'm, you know what I'm, i remember the fight scene he jumps out and the protagonist fights himself and then uh, the protagonist also jumps out and and uh neil chases after him so there's three protagonists yeah. in the same clip yeah how 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 is that like he okay falls i can explain this yeah. I can explain this. Um, so, like, there is the protagonist that is moving forward through time and the main plot of the movie that we see. Yep. Um, and, like, we see we see him first. This is the first scene. And the first scene, it's basically from the per- perspective of the protagonist the first present. time through. It's present, right? The present, right? The present protagonist, right? Yep. But then later on in the movie, um, he inverts himself at a different location. Hold on. He inverts himself at a different location location but then has to basically fight his way to that free port so he can invert himself back because he's traveling backward in time oh shit he's 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 because tra- have you ever seen primer no i haven't okay so like you understand how the time travel works right because like as long as you're an inverted object you're traveling backwards in time yes I, okay I get that so concept. like as an inverted object he's trying to get to the time machine so that he can invert himself again so that he can travel forward through time okay i see that too okay yep, that so his sense. inverted self goes to the free port and tries to get to the time machine but in between him and the time is his present self so his inverted self goes through the time machine and then he pops out on the other side going forward in time but then at the same time he's he pops out again to go backward in time but time time is a like time is approaching the same moment from two separate directions holy shit dude what the and the 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 moment in time that is being approached is him entering slash exiting the time machine wow right that that's how it works right okay um which which doesn't really make sense i still don't get it because like the way machine the way the time machine works or the time the way the time travel works the way it's explained is through that scene with the female scientists 
at the bullet range. And that scene doesn't do any, like it doesn't do a good job of explaining what, what the time travel is. Because the way it, the, ti- the way that time travel actually works doesn't work the way it works in the exposition scene with the female scientist. Because in that scene, it's a bullet. Okay. And the, and the bullet is only traveling backwards in time, but we're to expect, like for that to work, we would expect that at some point the bullet is shot through the, it doesn't really make any sense. I don't understand that either because like when the protagonist was fighting himself why is he why is he shooting backwards why is he taking the bullets back like um was it an accident aren't you a trained professional like yeah like why is the why is he shooting the bullets and who is shooting the bullets yeah because he there's no way he um there's no way he would be shooting the bullets i mean the the past no the future self wouldn't be shooting the bullets or catching the bullets because he knows that's him but the other guy right doesn't so like is the other guy shooting it how is he controlling the gun yeah, in his the hand current, is the current protagonist trying to like grab hold of the gun and empty the chamber or like because i think what the intention is is he's trying to empty the chamber so the other the, the future protagonist doesn't kill him yeah so like he's trying not to shoot himself basically who who starts with the gun is my question oh that, that's yeah that's good um maybe we can we can put this on the back burner and come back to this movie because it will take a little bit of time yeah to to um analyze everything yeah, but, but basically, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I'll I can give it a solid six out of ten too. Um, I think a six out of ten is like yeah. a fair score. Yeah. Um, Christopher, I think this is probably like the last Christopher Nolan movie that I'm gonna enjoy. Though. Isn't he your favorite? And, uh, isn't he your favorite director? Not Christopher Nolan, but he's one of my favorites. He's one of my favorite. He has some great movies, like. Interstellar was a great movie. The Dark Knight was a great movie. Oh, yeah. um, like, and I don't like superhero movies. And like, all three Batman movies were like great movies. Um, probably like, you know, The Dark Knight was at least an eight out of ten. And then like, Interstellar was pretty good. Dunkirk kind of sucked. Dunkirk was kind of boring, honestly. Um, Interstellar was good. Um, yeah, but the, like, there were some movies that I mentioned earlier. This is all Christopher. This is all the all Christopher Nolan movies. What's yeah, um, these are all Christopher Nolan who's movies. Who's your favorite director then? I think it's still David Venture. Okay. I think it's still David Venture. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. Well, move that that ends the sub segment um, of movie review for now. Uh, what what is something else you would you'd like to talk about? What other? Let's talk about. Um, I don't know. Let's talk about our jobs. Okay. You know what? I think I think we should do introductions. You know, I think if this is going to go out to the world to all like two of our audience members, if you're watching this far or if you li- if you're listening to this podcast still despite the terrible audio and lack of direction, you're probably like interested in us as individuals. And the awkward start with the with the balls deep segment. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't. Sometimes I, don't. I think you hear what you want to hear. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Yep. So introductions all right um you can yeah, go like, first who, who, are we? who are these people that are talking to each other what's our story what is this podcast why does it exist those are those are phenomenal questions let's start with i i think it exists uh because we want to just um we want to create content instead of consume content and um yeah that's i agree with that flex our creativity muscle a little bit and um yeah we're uh, i i think it exists because i found i found uh a person that i can be myself around uh Mm -hmm. all the time and i don't have to put on a facade so uh yeah i couldn't start i couldn't start something like this with just anybody i have the right yeah. person eventually one of us is gonna die yeah. and um 
I want to be able to like look back as an old man and say this is this is what we were like as young men. This is a preservation of our friendship. Absolutely. This is a preservation and time capsule of our friendship in time. And that's really who it's for. It's for you and I. Yeah. You know? Because I, I want to capture our friendship and I want to capture our conversations. Um Absolutely. Absolutely. And I you know, I don't I don't really care if anybody else watches this or listens to it or whatever, if anybody else finds it entertaining. That's very much secondary. I I would you know, it'd be nice. It would be a nice little treat if somebody finds it entertaining. Um I don't know how anybody possibly could, but <laughs> uh it's it's for you and I, really. This is self serving content because you and I want to like um immortalize our friendship via uh content creation. Absolutely, absolutely. And um it is it is um we we already do this anyways we we talk we talk for we could talk for hours anyways because we're we're best friends we're like brothers we are brothers we're yeah, family we're, we're best friends um, we're we're family we're, so, we're we're brothers yeah and you're my brother you are my brother and I, I have some fascinating conversations with you about uh everything life um business uh, relationships everything so why not record it and and if people can yeah. benefit off of that then that's that's great. maybe that's great I don't know how they possibly could maybe they learn from us but. man. Maybe they learn what it means Maybe. to be true friends from us. There's like, some sad people in the world. They, you know? Yeah, we could we could make them laugh. Um, if you keep on talking about dick and balls all the time, I think they, they'll Listen, they'll not chuckle. only do I want <laughs> to you know, preserve at our friendship in Amber, I also want to like flex my um, my dick muscle, um, my dick, my content dick, right? <laughs> I want to get it hard. Okay. I want to get it hard. I want it to stay hard for as long as possible i want to be like you know those commercials where they're advertising dick pills and they're like call your doctor if you have an erection for more than four hours i want to be able to like flex my content dick such that it's erect for more than four hours and it's a big problem and i gotta call my doctor so that's really the end goal here to be able to like build up my my dick muscle to where it's like unhealthily powerful you could you could just try some kegels bro like uh you could leave that's that. for girls kegels is to keep your pussy tight jesus and i don't have okay is, is it to keep your asshole tight too i, I think it's also to um <laughs> Uh, the, that that it's is actually your floor. that is actually how you work your dick muscles. It is a, it's proven. Is it true? Yeah, kegels. Yeah, kegels. Yeah. Kegels will help your dick muscles. Yeah, dude. It, it actually is a way to uh, help people um, with the stamina and premature ejaculation. And all is that, that true? Yeah. What about what about just maintaining strong, hard erections? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you could do that with it too. Um, it's actually because I'll be honest, bro. My dick is really long, so like I don't know if you know this, but um, like. Um, I don't. Small I didn't know that. Get hard, but, um, they get really hard, Jesus. like diamonds. Like a two-inch dick will get like hard as diamonds. Jesus. But then, like a longer dick, because like it requires more blood, and like it's gonna not be as hard. If if I turn like sixty years old, I'm probably not gonna like remember this moment um, about uh, about our podcast. This will be like probably erased from my memory. Um, uh-huh. I will probably have a uh, some of these some of these moments. I'm gonna have like a what are those people? 
the that hypnotize a hypnotist. I'm gonna have some hypnotist remove some of these things from my from my um, membrane. Well, um, luckily we'll have it preserved so <laughs> that you can't possibly forget. Well, I don't have to. Uh, I I will just be so like hypnotized that I will. Uh, I'll be like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I you're gonna be hypnotized and, into a coma. No, I'm gonna like no, like I'm gonna be hypnotized in a way where like even if I if you make me listen to these things, I, I will just I won't hear it. I won't hear those parts. It was it's just like Stupefied. yeah, it will be like oh, there's no sound. No, there's sound. There's sound. No, there's no sound. I know there's no sound. <laughs> You're gonna develop a complex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, okay. okay. So introductions. You go first, my friend. What is your name? Tell me. Tell me a little um, bit about yourself. My name is Jake Robinson. I'm 30 years old. Um, I'm a white dude. Standard white dude. Um, my dad is on my dad's side. There's, I guess, Irish and English. And on my mom's side, it's like, uh, let's see, Dutch and uh, Dutch. And I think there's some Filipino in there. And uh, I think a little bit of Korean. On your dad's side or on your mom's side? Mom's side. Oh, okay. mom's side. Yeah. My great grandfather is like some sort of Asian person. Okay. Not sure how. It's sort of a family secret. Every time I ask, they get all shifty about it. Yeah, isn't it? I think he might have been a secret ninja. <laughs> he I could be Hanzo. Here, but... He could be Hanzo. You never know. He was Hanzo, dude. Like, and I'm the baby that that Raiden saved. Wait, that that's not true because the baby was a girl. The baby was so a I'm, girl. <laughs> I'm not I'm not the baby from Oh, uh, you're not anymore. You're not you're not the girl anymore, but you were no, the I baby. You, you trans- I transitioned. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Right, first... Trans lives. Trans lives. Trans rights. There we go. Anyway, there we go. Um, so tell me tell me um tell me a little bit about your early childhood. Was was uh, my early childhood? Yeah. Like how far back you want me to go? Like uh between the ages of zero and fifteen. Christ. Okay, let me start with zero Uh, okay so like zero to two um i lived in a little town in upstate new york called bloomfield and like our house was like always under like various stages of renovation so we didn't live in a nice house we had like you know when you like tear up carpet and there's like this spongy material underneath yeah that's yeah that was that was basically like our house and our our floor and like as a kid like i didn't really know what a nice house was i didn't know how people were supposed to live so like we had like my dad he's a really smart guy but he's extremely disorganized and he has all these different projects happening at one time and i think he's always been like that and our house was one of his ongoing projects which (laughs) was not good but um yeah we lived in this little house that was it was a big house but it was like it was like always being renovated and um so there was like there were always like these holes in the wall and exposed drywall and like exposed carpet and like um there would sometimes be like insulation that was coming out of the ceilings and the walls um and like big grates in the floors and exposed pipes and at one point we didn't have a toilet so we needed to like shit in five gallon buckets um and take them out that's a damn lie that's a straight lie no no that's not no i'm telling you the truth hold on wait a minute you had to shit in buckets and take it outside yeah but this was all normal and we put a toilet on we put a toilet seat on it i remember that distinctly we put a toilet seat on a five gallon bucket and shit in a five gallon bucket hold on dude was this outside or inside the house no it was inside and then we would take it outside you didn't you didn't have you didn't have working water i mean plumbing well at one point 
like the bathroom was being renovated, so we didn't have access to a bathroom, so we had to like make do. Gee, there's no like um, Wegmans or restaurants near the house. Well, Bloomfield was very rural, so no, like none of that was really close. Wow. Well, that's interesting. I mean, uh, I, as, uh, I can relate, uh, not in the same way, but in Afghanistan, we used to just, um, as kids, we used to just shit everywhere, all over the, all over the neighborhood. So, <laughs> no, okay, that... all over the neighborhood. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I can relate. Don't worry. This is this is a uh, very interesting. Uh, I hope I hope uh, you guys got plumbing not like soon. Like, how long did you have to do that? I don't remember. I th- it was a long time ago, and I, everything I'm describing is like zero to five. Okay. Wow. Okay. You remember that? Wow. You got good good memory. Did that scar you for life? Not uh, really, but the things I normalize are really weird. I think. Like, I mean, the things that like I find normal versus abnormal are really really strange because of those times and i, I was diagnosed with kidney disease yes. very young i was just gonna at ask two you years old you, oh that and w- i was always like a really sick kid i was always like a really sick kid and so at two years old like i was finally like brought into a doctor and diagnosed with kidney disease and i had like basically late stage renal failure and I can't remember the name of um, the exact type of nephritis that I had, but um, it was basically like my kidneys are failing, your, your son's kidneys are failing, and I had to go on dialysis at 10 years old. Right. And dialysis is like when you don't have kidneys, you have to be hooked up to a machine that um, pumps dialysis fluid into you. And then that essentially, well, like the function of the kidney in the body is to clean your blood. And like it does, it uh, works within like the endocrine system as well. Um, it, uh, it stabilizes some stuff. So like um, I had to get, I had to go on dialysis. But before I even went on dialysis, I had to be on all these different beds, which like really fucked with my um it fucked with my mood a lot, right? So like I was all, I was like I guess a really really unhappy baby and I would I would be really really irritable and scream and one thing I used to do a lot and I didn't I don't remember this but this is like second hand information from my parents. My mom would tell me that I I would get angry sometimes and she would put me in my crib and a crib like to a kid is like jail, right? And I didn't like being in jail, especially when I was upset. So like being upset and then being punished for being upset, I understood that I was being punished for being upset. So to resist, I would like I would grab the the bars of jail and shake them and I would try to communicate that I was happy, that I wasn't upset, and I would scream happy. Like I'm happy. I'm ha- I would just scream happy, happy as like a, a five or six year old. Wow. And it didn't work. It was really unconvincing as a performance. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm realizing right now this is all really sad. No, <laughs> but, no, 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 no. We'll get to the. We have to talk about sad things sometimes. But uh, I'm yeah. just curious. So you were di- you were diagnosed with kidney failure at two years old. Is that yeah. is that early? Is that normal? What, what is that? Well, like, like I think I was always sick, and I should have gone to the doctor earlier. Probably. Probably two years old is like really late to be diagnosed with like that type of illness. But like how how exactly it happened, it was relatively unknown. Uh, I don't know exactly. Any history? Happened. Any history of kidney disease in your family? I, no, not a long history. Okay. No, I don't think so. Not that I know of. So it might have been something, uh, but it might have been genetic too. But I'm not really sure. Okay, walk uh, me through. Walk me through the the stages. Like the first, you get diagnosed with kidney disease, and if they don't, um, if they don't don't fix that somehow you then go on mm-hmm. dialysis because yeah your kidney so eventually because i had kidney disease 
Um, because I didn't have full kidney function as a young developing child, I had to take a bunch of like artificial steroids as a little child. One would be prednisone. Um, there are a bunch of different drugs that I can't remember anymore, but like one of the other things that was like super normalized that I, that I never, I can't remember a time in my life where I didn't have to take medicine every day. That's always been really like, that's always been part of my life. I can't imagine like not taking medicine every day. So like, I would always like since two years old and I couldn't, I can't remember. I don't have memories before two years old. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think I have memories before two years old because like when I was two, they, I think like there was, tr there was a little bit of trauma when it came to like the diagnosis process. Cause they had to like take my, cause like blood draws were like really, really common too. Like they would have to draw your blood to do tests on the blood, and like as a small small children don't like that. Of course, no needles and, aren't fun. Yeah, needles aren't fun, and I would scream and cry a lot, and I didn't really understand what's happened to me as a two slash three slash four year old. So that I don't really have any memories from that point. All the information that I have from that point is secondhand, coming from my parents and coming from people who were like there with me in the hospital during that time period. But I can't remember a time in my life where I didn't have to take medicine. The medicine has changed through the years and like what types of medicine, what the different types of medicine I take uh, have like grown different, but I've always had to take medicine. Damn. But like some of them, the, some of the medicine was in pill form and some of it was in liquid form. Let's see. Um, I can't even imagine um, how difficult that must have been as a child. Uh, like uh, that seems really early to get diagnosed and have to take medication. So you do you believe that the medication that they were giving you at the time caused your depression no i well maybe maybe the depression because depression was something that showed up later um and i think that was probably like a result i probably like everybody has generalized anxiety right but not everybody has like innate trauma and i think i was probably like maladjusted to my environment and that was probably cause for some depression and when i started school uh, there was some sort of shift where my parents were saying like we don't know what happened to you and you became different so we took you to therapists and the therapists were like let's run some tests and then somehow i was diagnosed with depression and then i was i guess i was prescribed anti not antibiotics but like antidepressant at what and, like that's another thing where like that's another thing where I, I take i've always like seen meds as just you take meds to solve problems you take meds to solve health problems and that's all like because that has existed from before i had memories like it's always been a reality that's always been how um i've never like had a stigma towards medication so like so whenever it came to like solving like depression it was like take take meds for it so the meds would change sometimes and like sometimes i didn't like the meds like the meds would affect like how i, th I think like sometimes yeah like antidepressants are like really hit or miss and sometimes you have to like find the right one to take and the way you find the right one to take is by like taking the wrong one for a little while so i was, <laughs> I was a little bit resentful of that whole process but like and as a kid you don't really understand so 
and so for a while I wasn't taking any meds at all. And then, yeah. But anyway, um, let's see. When you, I'm like describing vaguely, I'm jumping back and forth through time, kind of like from the ages of zero to nine. At some point I got put on human growth hormone, um, because, um, when you don't have functioning kidneys, it fucks with your development. And I think, um, it regulates your endocrine system somehow. So I would have been much, much, much shorter than average. Um, I think I would have ended up as like a a 4'10 in height. Wow. How tall are you right now? Yeah, I'm six foot. What the? Damn, dude, you're taller than me. I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, because I took growth hormone as a kid. Yeah. Like pre-puberty. I took growth hormone before hitting puberty Uh, um, just to like increase my height. And that was the only reason. Like my parents didn't want me to be like abnormally short which what? thanks why would i appreciate that absolutely why why would have you been uh shorter was it due to kidney disease and dialysis um the yeah i don't know exactly because i don't I, I don't know quite enough about anatomy but like someone explained to me that like um having less than a 100 less than 100 um kidney function or zero kidney function will like will fuck with your uh fuck with your um pre-pubescent development right it will fuck with how you develop as a oh man as, yeah what's the what's the so, function of the kidney like um because the I'm, function of the kidney primarily is to um is to clean your blood and to filter urine it's okay. like yeah it's a waste filtration it goes without saying it's very it's a vital organ yeah um so many people like like renal failure is like an end like that's a terminal illness renal failure there was actually a guy in china who like I think he was from China and he lived to like 117 years old. And like a lot of old people will die from um, renal failure. You know, they'll just die of renal failure. Uh, famous chess player Bobby Fischer died of renal failure. What's re- failure. What is re- renal failure again? Renal failure is kidney failure. Um, oh, uh, is it- I don't know why it's called renal. Um, uh, so, but- so kidney disease goes into uh, kidney failure, which is renal failure. Yes. And you had that happen at the age of 10? Yeah. Well, they, they found like... I th- I guess cysts, cysts and holes in the kidney. Jesus, bro. In both kidneys, like in at the age of two, and it would like it degraded over time to where I would have less and less and less kidney function over time, and then like drugs came in, like medicine came in to like supplement the functions of the kidney as the kidney was dying, and then it fully died at like ten, I believe, and then I went on dialysis for like three years or so from the age of ten to thirteen. And at 13, I got a um, a donated kidney. I got a cadaver kidney. Somebody who um, signed up to be an organ donor died in a car accident. And I got their kidney. Wow. Well, so so you so not just one of your kidneys failed, both of them failed. Yeah, both of them. Jesus failed. Christ, bro! I didn't know that. I thought it was one kidney you had. I thought you had one good kidney. So right now, I do have one good kidney. No, now you have only one good kidney. Correct. Damn, dude. What? One um, out of three. I have three kidneys. Two were just left in my body because they're not cancerous or anything. They're not like infected. They're just they just have they don't have any i don't have any natural kidney function okay okay well, well, so, so eventually you will have to get some of them out to get a new kidney right um yeah when the when the because donated like cadaver organs aren't designed to last forever because it's different dna um yeah cadaver organs tif- typically don't last very long i remember um, so I, I, I remember when uh we were becoming friends and i was learning about um kidney disease and i always uh, from you and i thought it was just called dialysis i was 
is just silly. <laughs> That's so dumb. Dialysis but, is just one of several treatments. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but there was a time where you were in um, New Orleans and you had to use a machine. Was I in, was I in New Orleans? Yeah. That time? I think, I believe you were, yeah. And you were using a machine um, for something to keep the kidneys clean. What, what, what was the machine for? This was in New Orleans? Pretty sure. You this must living, have been recent. I can't remember. You were living in a, in a place with a couple people, uh, a couple roommates. Um, I don't remember having a machine related to kidney disease during that time. Okay. It was, it's, it's pretty much like have, like having an org, having a cadaver organ is pretty much like have, like living a normal life. Because whenever you have whenever you have dialysis it's like you have you have a catheter essentially which is a tube that sticks out of your abdomen yeah or your arm right depending yeah. on which type of dial because there's two major main types of dialysis there's like um there's uh fuck, i can't remember what the types are called i should really know this shit it's all good it's all good uh, i don't know a lot about a lot of things that go on with me so um let's see i i, I want to just go back to the part where uh be, because of well first let me just uh, ask this what's going on uh with your cadaver kidney right now and how how long before you are gonna be on dialysis again um i don't know both the, uh i don't know the answer to both those questions because it's been a while since i've gone to the doctor i've sort of stayed away from uh hospitals due to covid okay um because like one aspect of my illness is like because i have a cadaver kidney because the kidney that i have is somebody else's dna i have to take um immunosuppressants um drugs that essentially suppress my immune system so it's not strong enough to kill the um object in my body that's foreign dna because like if you have an object that's like foreign dna in your body your body's going to recognize it as like a virus and it's going to try to kill it so you have to take meds that like um that inhibit the production of t cells so like it suppresses your immune system so i'm essentially immunocompromised which makes it easier for me to contract disease so i'm i'm one of the people who is at risk of contracting covid so like going to the doctor during covid time like going to a hospital during covid times is like uh it's extremely extremely risky no bueno no bueno i haven't i haven't been uh to the doctor in a little bit yeah yeah no Um, now you're fully vaccinated so you can go right now i'm fully vaccinated and um i should i've moved so many times that like it's what i should be doing is i should be going to take blood tests every month um and that way like when you do a blood test they'll check a bunch of different they'll check your levels of like um creatinine um and they'll check like if there's protein in your in your blood and they'll they'll check all these different things to determine the level of kidney function that you have um and they'll derive that information from a blood test and then like under certain levels they can determine whether or not you're going through uh rejection that being your body has rejected the kidney and it's the kidney is under attack and it's no longer functioning the way it should be and then then you have to go in and take different kinds of that's like an emergency situation where you have to go into the doctor and like you have to get a biopsy which is like they they have to take a DNA sample of the D- of the donated kidney and like put it under a microscope, I guess, and they'll they'll like build a treatment system from there. Okay. Um, but that at, like I haven't gone through any of that, but I know that's that's something that happens. And I think um, let me just Google average, um, I guess term length of a cadaver kidney. A living donor kidney functions on average 12 to 20 years, and deceased donor kidney from 8 to 12 years. 
Patients who get a kidney transplant before dialysis live on average 10 to 15 years longer than if they had stayed on dialysis. So like average time for a deceased donor is 8 to 12 years and it's been 17 years for me. And so I take like decent care of myself. So like 17 years is pretty good. That's like, you know, that's I'm kind of an outlier, honestly. Has been longer than that. Well, I got it at 13. I got and I'm 30 now. So mm, okay. Yeah, so it's been 17 years how long with does, this deceased donor kidney. How long does it uh, usually last? Um, it says here, according to BIDMC of Boston, from 8 to 12 years on average. 12 to what? From 8 to 12 years. 8 to 12. Okay. okay, yeah, bro. You're due for another one. Get this Get this done, man. It's time to get another yeah. one. You, you got to be... Um, got to look on the marketplace. Uh, Are you anybody selling kidneys? Um, I will I will find someone. If they're not selling, I will take it out Listen, of their I'll, body. I'll, What's your blood type? What, I think we need to hang out sometime. Yeah. If you, if you wake up in like a cold bath with a scar on your... Uh, <laughs> under your sternum and you wake up when you if you wake up in like a bath of ice that has a little bit of blood and you have like a big scar on your abdomen don't be afraid uh yeah i i that's why do you think why do you think i'm avoiding you <laughs> no, mm-hmm. what's your blood type hey, does, it, does kidneys hey, have <laughs> does blood yeah. blood type uh what does blood type have to do with with the kidney like you have to be a certain blood type yeah okay so what's yeah, your blood you type be, you, have, you have to map you have to be o positive o positive like your your blood type has to be the same it has to match with the other person's so okay. like here's how blood type works so blood blood has different components and depending on what blood type you are the the blood types determine what components you have within your blood okay mm-hmm. um so I'm just going to give you a layman's explanation of this. So A, type A blood type is um, blood that has component A. Um, type B is um, type that has component B. Type AB is ones that have both A and B. Um, type O are types that have all components, including A and B, but some extra. So the way this works is if you are blood type O, you can donate to anyone because you have all components. But if you are O and you're receiving a donation, you can only get O. Okay. Does, oh, really? Does that make sense? Why can't you get yeah. the same the same type as your blood? Because they don't have the net. If you get it from A or AB or B, they don't have the necessary components. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I'm trying to figure out um in my chart to see what what blood type. I am. Can't believe I don't know what which one I am. Do you know what blood type you are, though? Yeah. Oh. You're O. Yeah. Okay. Well, so th- that is essentially your blood type. You need your a match of your blood type. I need a match of my blood type. Okay. Cool. Well, um, let's let me um move into some of these other questions, and I'll I will. So, do you believe you develop um depression due or like is there a family history of depression, or did you yeah. develop it through the the? Reason? There's a family history of depression, and a couple of my um a few of my direct family have committed suicide. I think. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. It happened when I was really young. Or, or before I was alive, most of the instances of suicide. But 
Yeah, I think severe depression has run in my family. So that could either be ge- genetic or a product of trauma. I'm not really sure. Okay, yeah. Um, Tra- yeah, trauma. I wanted to ask you about that because you said no one, everybody has generalized anxiety, but not everybody, everybody doesn't have innate trauma. And what did you mean by correct. that? Do you believe you, you I mean, were you, ex- were, were you exposed to a traumatic, I mean, it seems like your life has been. You know, yeah. Con- I mean, like traumatic. when you're really, really, really young. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you go, you go through like a major um, life-threatening illness and you're continually put in a situation where you're you're put through pain um, as a person who doesn't really understand in, in the early stages of development yeah that's they can kind of fuck you up a little bit so like that might have been like a, a cause of trauma so I see I don't know like I, I don't feel depressed anymore because like I'm I, I know how to medicate myself and I take I take meds for it and I like I manage I manage all my shit right that's good and yeah. Um, and I'm talking about this, I guess, just only to say, like, okay, this is a part of my personality. And, like, this is context. This is all, like, context, I guess. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I have more questions to, to um, figure out uh, just, like, uh, who you are. So, but to yeah. wrap this up, in a sense, um, about the kidney disease and depression, what would you say to people out there that are experiencing both of these um, debilitating uh, illnesses, in a way? Um, which one, kidney disease or depression? Kidney disease and then depression. So for kidney disease, um, fucking take your meds. Take your meds for sure, because if you lapse on meds, it could ruin your life. Um, let's see. Um, going through a dialysis sucks, but um, try to try to get clothes that fit, I guess. <laughs> Wear clothes that fit, and um, I don't know. Um, That's good. Reach out to me if you want to talk. I Very guess. good. We can, share, we can share experiences. Um, I'll try to set up that channel. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I was so young during that time, and that that's, it, it happened so long ago, and it was less than half my life. You know, because like 17 years is more than half my life. And I have been either like I've been either like on dialysis or had a kidney for two thirds of my life. So like as far as going through kidney failure, it's it's so long ago that I, I can't even like it's so far removed from my like it's so far removed from my life that it's oh, no. I don't even think I'm like qualified to talk about like how to cope with it. I, def- I, I definitely believe you are because I mean, it's not just like I know that it happened in in your childhood but then it the it's carried on to you you being an adult i mean you took care yeah. of yourself you you managed you um you 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 were uh, uh you weren't like uh, a disabled part a disabled human being you you um acted out in society you're productive you're independent um and yeah. you you carried it you carried out till now and it's still going on so you're still dealing with it and i it's freaking, yeah but I, it's not it's not like an active thing in my life it's not it's something that I can, I don't like, I don't have to think about it every single day, right. you know, but like a lot of the things that are active things, like I've internalized them, like meds are like the thing. Right. And sometimes, sometimes I have to like go, like I have to go to the doctor basically. Um, yeah. So, but it's, it's not, it's nowhere near like, like this heavy, it's, it's not like this heavy thing that I have to deal with all the time. And I have to think about all the time. It, it hardly takes up any, um, any of my mental resources these days. And it hasn't taken up mental resources. It hasn't taken up significant mental resources in decades. So, like, I, I wouldn't even know like how 
how to give advice to anybody who's well, like you just did in the- you just did and i'm I, i'm happy to hear that that's the way you're you're thinking about it and and you're moving forward and you're not letting it weigh you down and a lot of people hearing that that are dealing with the same thing and they may, may be just starting or they're maybe a little ways into it and they don't know how to think the way you you're thinking about it because like it, it, it just for me if i had to imagine having had kidney failure and then being on dialysis and then getting kidney in my mind i could see how it would be it would be daunting to think about well what if this kidney fails and what if i don't get another one and all these all these um negative uh, mindset or like ways of thinking which people do realistically think like that so i think you're already yeah. ahead of the game bro i'm proud of you well done. yeah thanks yeah actually one thing i would say um to people who are like going through kidney failure you're gonna need to n- learn like how to trust doctors and like keep in mind that doctors are there doctors have like they took a hippocratic oath to do no harm and do the opposite like they're they are contractually obligated to act in like the interests of your well-being and so when you're going through this like highly highly stressful and terrifying situation it's it's really 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 easy to lose yourself and to like lash out at everybody around you and i have seen people do that like i've spent lots of years in hospitals and i've seen people who are going through this traumatic experience in this highly highly stressful situation and they will lash out and be extremely extremely rude to the very people that are taking care of them they'll be extremely rude to nurses extremely short with doctors they'll be untrusting um unwilling to take on treatments and um don't do that don't do that um you are fucking yourself and yeah don't do that one thing i did like remember is nurses were always like very tender to me of of course because i was like i was a kid but i was like i was one thing i was like regularly told was like that i was easy to take care of that i was an easy i was an easy patient and you know like when you're dealing when you're interacting with people who are taking care of you make it easy for them and so yeah make it easy for the people uh, there we go solid advice i love that um it makes perfect sense yeah doctors are there to treat the, the patient yeah. um and pharmacists, I, on the other hand i don't know dude like be be wary of pharmacists maybe but people who are like people you meet in the hospital people you meet in the emergency room nurses that you meet like doctors that you're getting a diagnosis from those people are not trying to sell you on an illness and create a situation where you're like learning to be helpless and that type of mentality is just going to fuck you over uh and it's really it it's it's not rational rational. it's it's only going to fuck you and make the heroes of this world like have to work harder to like do their jobs and their jobs are like to help you so um just like trust trust doctors and trust trust medical experts um absolutely i'm 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 the type of person who doesn't like taking a lot of meds as as normalized as i've uh, as normalized as taking meds is for me i still am very 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 cognizant of the of the stuff that goes in my body and i don't want to be taking a lot of medication so i try to minimize the number of medications that i take but i don't take it so far in that i don't take medications because i don't trust doctors and i don't know what's in medications like that's that's very silly so you know like talk to your doctors and like if you're hesitant about like taking medications like the best person you can talk to is an expert and like so you should talk to your doctor ask them what the medications do and that's that's 
basically what I do. Like a lot of the language that you they use is like is difficult to understand because like you know it requires a, a knowledge of medicine, which not most people don't have. But usually doctors will be able to like describe to you what a medication does. So if you're a person who's hesitant about taking medication, like ask your doctor what a what the medication does. Because um, ultimately, like um, if they're not prescribing you like pharmaceuticals, if they're not prescribing like mainstream pharmaceuticals that you see advertised on television, they're probably not profiting off of giving you a certain diagnosis. And they're certainly not profiting off giving you a certain diagnosis if you're being diagnosed with kidney disease. Um, so keep that in mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love I love that. I agree with all of what you just said. Um, we're just going to pause here for just a quick break. I have to go to the restroom because my kidneys are hurting right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that fucking, drain your balls, yeah. dude. Come on. Okay, all right. Yep, that's what's going to happen. But don't worry about dead air because um, if, if uh, I'll be right back, but I'll edit that. Are you going to edit? Are yeah, you going to edit the dead air? I'm going to edit that because I got to take a break and there's no pause button okay. for the recording. That's fine. Okay, all right. Be right back. Jakanamoa. Hey, buddy. Hey. Can you hear me all right? Yep, just fine. Right. Ready to continue? I got uh, I got a couple more questions for you, and then we can we can okay. wrap it up. Yeah. I don't know how in detail you want me to go into like my early life. Oh, but... definitely. No, no. That 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 was great. I, I actually um want uh as much detail as you as you like to share. So um th- there's just one more thing that I guess goes back into your early life um that I wanted to talk about. Um. Sure. So why do you think people get divorced and what was it like growing up with two separate parents um i think people get divorced well um yeah my parents got divorced when i was nine and i think people get divorced either because of of money and financial instability um uh traumatic experiences like the loss of a child or they get divorced because of some sort of infidelity issue um that seems to be the reason that people get divorced money infidelity or loss of child those are like the common ones okay as far as like what it was like dealing with like divorce as like a young child it's tough it's it's rough because like the passive aggressive behavior that your two biggest role models exhibit towards one another is um is very 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 difficult because like and you sort of you're sort of basically forced to pick sides you're forced you're forced to like pick a side essentially that's rough um, that's got to be rough yeah and yeah like divorced parents will like play these little games they'll play these little games to like win over the affection of the kids while putting the parents on putting the opposite parent on blast um there's a lot of like because like oftentimes like the decision to get divorced isn't it's not always mutual so sometimes like there'll be built up resentment on one side and there'll be like a lot of like passive shit talking um and i've seen this like i've witnessed this from like my own parents but also like i've witnessed this from relatives uh like of kids who got divorced and like i've heard like one of my like when hanging out with one of my a couple of my cousins like their younger cousins and um like the dad will be in the room and call the mom a bitch like he'll say your mom is a your mom's a bitch jesus christ uh to their kids who are like 16 like teenagers so very that's immature. pretty fucked up very immature that's extremely immature yeah this bad parent like you'll see you'll see shit like that 
sometimes. And like sometimes you'll see like it a lot of it will be like really, really, really subtle to where like only an adult will see what's going on, but a child won't see what's going on. Where um because like availability will be like court mandated, right? Custody and availability will be court mandated. So if one parent wants to um take a child out to a specific event, he might ask to do it. He might tell the child that he'll he or she will do that thing on a specific day. But if that day happens to fall on a day that the other parent has custody, it will then be the parent who has custody's responsibility to deliver the message to the child that they're not going to be able to do that specific thing with the other parent. So then the, the parent that is disallowing the fun thing to happen is the bad guy. But like they appear to be the bad guy, but the, the real bad guy in that situation is the person who is the parent who was trying to manipulate the situation and deliver a promise they couldn't fulfill with the knowledge that like the plans would have to be broken i'm not really explaining it very well but like hopefully you'll be able to go back and listen to this and oh, no, no. like understand i think everything. i get it but aren't isn't the, the parent that made the promise are they not allowed contact through the through when they don't have custody like like phones or cell phones or they anything? are but like they're not allowed to spend the time with them oh oh okay, right? okay. so they so purposely let's say, for example, yeah I get let's that. say for example you have like a joint custody situation mom gets the kids um monday wednesday friday and then the dad gets the kids um thursday friday saturday and then they split off every sunday or whatever or they get weekends or whatever every other weekend or whatever. um so if the dad says fuck i can't remember how i set this up <laughs> I can't remember. So, how I said so it basically, I'd say like the dad is saying, "Go ahead. Uh, we're going to go to the carnival. We're going to go to the carnival on a Sunday, but it's not his Sunday. He's promising to his kid that they're going to go to the carnival, or they're going to go out of town to a baseball game on a Sunday. But then the mom essentially has to approve it because it's her day. But then if the mom has already made pl- like the mom has to like go through and change her plans, essentially, like it only works if the mom has had no plans. And God forbid, like the the mom." made plans with the kids to do a certain thing and now she has to change her plans um to not look like the bad guy yeah yeah so basically like it's it's called it's basically psychological warfare with the kid yeah like like you're it's full-on psychological warfare jesus between two adults with the kids to witness jeez damn dude sorry you have to go through that um yeah both my parents are really smart so it was like high end (laughs) really (laughs) fucking high end shit (laughs) you got they put you through the ringer oh man it was terrible they have to go through and for the first like two or three years or so it was really rough because like my dad had sole custody in the beginning but then my mom secured sole custody ah of both you and Corey. yeah okay Uh, how and then there's a child there's a there's a sibling in play too because like now you're put against each other because you're picking yeah sides so it's not yeah there was like yeah and Corey and i didn't really have a great relationship when we were kids you know as adults we do now and that's i think that's even even as adults that's like fairly recent because I was more, I was closer to my mom, and like Corey was closer to, to his dad. Because um, Corey's more athletic than I am, and that was something that my dad and him like always shared. And they had this shared experience and like a hobby that was cultivated by my dad and him. And because my dad wrestled in college, and Corey wrestled in high school. No, no, sorry, my dad wrestled in high school, and my brother wrestled in high school. Right. So my dad had all these like wrestling connections that and. And he would take my brother to tournament stuff. And like, we would travel like from to different cities and sometimes even different states. And my brother went to Japan one time for, for, um, for a wrestling.
wrestling tournament. And it was like this really, really cool big hobby that, that my dad supported him on and really pushed him for. And they had this like really, really close relationship that was built on that. But like me as a kid, I was always kind of like a nerdy kid. And I, I kind of like, you know, I like board games and I like uh, Magic the Gathering and I like, you know, all this kind of nerdy shit. My dad, like, you know, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't close like he and my brother were. Yeah. But um, so my mom and I always had like really, really good conversations. And I felt like my mom under, understood me as a kid. So like I was always closer to mom as a kid and Corey was always closer to dad. And then, yeah. So like we kind of split off when we were kids for that reason. And um, yeah, only only recently have things like ironed out. Like now we're, yeah, we're a lot closer now, I think. Do you believe, well, sorry, do you, uh, just because uh, I, I just re- re- um, remembered something, do you believe divorce should exist? Of course. Good answer. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Good. Okay. Like what would, what's the alternative? It being illegal? Yeah. It being illegal, yeah. It would, it, it's kind of illegal in my country. So that, I mean, like, it's not really illegal. Yeah, I've heard it's like really, 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 really difficult. Yeah. To separate. Yeah. And I, yeah, that's, there's a it's book. Fucked. There's a like book in the called... more in the huh? in the more religious countries, it's it's very very difficult to to get legal separation. Oh yeah, it definitely. Especially is. if you're a woman at like if you're a woman who's trying to um, initiate a divorce, uh, sometimes it's just fucking impossible. Absolutely, it does not. It's like an imprisonment for sure. Like I mean, um, but uh, there's a book uh, called A Thousand Splendid Sons. My godmother read it. Um, she, she recommended it, but yeah, it basically depicts if, <laughs> if divorce wasn't. Uh, it, it's not funny. It's not funny, Masi. I have a dark sense of humor sometimes, but yeah, it, if divorce wasn't a thing, so I know it sucked. And how does um, it work in that book? It's just a really abusive husband that is um, like and it's, Middle East. Divorce is basically illegal. Divorce isn't like a re- like once marriage happens, it's the not, marriage is permanent. It's not even an option. Like the women don't even they can't even consider it. They just um, so a woman doesn't get to initiate divorce. Divorce is still a thing, but only the man can initiate it. Yeah, exactly. that's fucked. Yeah, yeah, that's how it is in certain countries. Yeah, it's um, yeah, that's fucked. It's yeah, it is. It's it, but um, so back to so you were in. Um, you're in a tug of war with your parents, and it, it kind of. Do you think it kind of? Because um, I know you're not you're not a fan of marriage. I mean, you see that you would get married, but are is it? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Like you, you did. It hasn't. It ha. It hasn't. Um, made you sworn off of marriage because of that, right? It was just because. I think it's warped my perspective on on love and the permanence of love. You know, I don't really believe in like love is like this lifelong enduring thing. Because I think you know, I think people. Yeah, it's 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 given me a negative perspective. Okay. The nature of relationships. I can see that. Uh, Um. The nature of like long term relationships. I have very negative perspective. Yeah, because like a bunch of my, my parents have all remarried, and they married a bunch. They married a bunch of different times, right? Yeah. My dad, um, he divorced my mom, and then he married. He's on his third marriage now. So like, I've gone through like stepmoms and girlfriends, and like, and then but like my mom is on, is also on her third marriage. But there's been like stepdads and boyfriends, all these different people that are like the, all these different fleeting, um, all these different fleeting relationships that you know they have the implied the implication is that it's a permanent relationship that there these people are permanent fixtures in your life and that they're family but like they're not really right like all relationships are they're just it's just fleeting it's based off like a thing that's 
really kind of transient, not really real to begin with, and very fickle and very fleeting. So <laughs> as far as like extended family, uh, I don't feel like any connection. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, um, types too, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't think there's very much variance between people like, and how people are attracted to one another. Yeah. 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 No. Um, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to be in a relationship, but it's also hard to be alone. I guess at some, at one point, someone just, one decides which one to choose, which, which misery to (laughs) endure and see where it goes. it's that bad i think you just have to like it takes a, a certain type of power you know you need to like be okay with yourself if you're if you're if you're gonna be alone you have to be okay with yourself i mean but then again you don't technically have to be alone you just don't have to get married <laughs> oh yeah well like not like being together and like not being alone and not being married are like totally different things, right i mean yeah i mean what i mean to say is when it comes to like my idea of love in terms of like a pair bonding bonding thing like monogamous love in terms of like partnership and how that comes about and how it how it arises and how it manifests itself um i think like mostly it's thought of like as like this thing that's unique for every person and something that's sort of like mystical and love can arise from anywhere and i just don't think that's really true i think yeah i don't really true i think like i think people fall in love the same way and i don't i mean love is just like the types of love that lead to long-term relationships are largely built on like i think necessity and like attraction to a type and everybody has their own type you know my dad has a type and i have a type and my mom has a type uh, they're like types are attributed to like physical characteristics and abilities and um okay so if you had an ideal uh, ideal uh woman that you fall in love with maybe maybe get married to what would she be like what would she be like yeah like um i mean physically you're attracted to her let's go from there what would she be like as a person it's hard to answer that question because like i it's something that i don't want it's something that like the rules of that don't sound attractive to me so the we- rules of marriage don't sound attractive because if i want to get divorced it's like a major fucking encumbrance so it's so a major so marriage is definitely ma- most likely off the table but what, it's what about really off the table i don't i can't comprehend of like any single person even like the best person ever like i guess we'd get married for tax purposes but it would be under it like the it, the necessary like we'd have to agree that like you know if we get bored of each other well i guess we can do an annulment like i'm not trying to spend a lot of money getting divorced because getting divorced is expensive which right. leads me to not want to get married because like i can't rule out divorce right yeah you and can't. divorce is so common and normalized to me that like i think it's inevitable right so but what about like forget marriage what about like um companion like could you see any yeah, a girl could you see a girl being with someone for basically forever um tell you guys tell that part without getting married marriage is good for some people okay marriage is really really good for some people and if i had like if i had like perfect knowledge of my life and how it was going to play out and i knew that like the person that i'm with right now i'm gonna love them for the rest of my lives and we're we're never gonna get bored of each other and we're we're like we're never gonna grow apart and we're also not gonna have kids and we're always going to have the same goals um and we're never going to have to go through a divorce like if i could 
have all those assurances, I would absolutely get married. But the fact is that nobody has perfect knowledge of the future. Nobody has perfect knowledge of another person and their interiority. And nobody has, yeah, nobody has knowledge of like themselves and how they're they're, they're going to change and, and how they're going to grow to be like incompatible with the, the person they're very, very compatible with presently. You know, like all of this information, like you need, like it's, I think I would need like perfect omnis- omnipotence to be. <laughs> yeah. But what about just, just what about uh, marriage aside? Yeah. Would you, um, could you see just being with someone without marriage? Of course. Of course yeah. I'd be, I mean, anytime I'm with someone, I'm going to try to stay with them as long as possible and make the relationship work for as long as possible. You know, if I choose to be with someone, I really, really like that person. And how I like that person changes and alters through time. But, you know, as time goes on, people change. Nice. Nice. Okay. So this this episode's getting a bit long so i'm gonna i'm gonna just ask uh two more questions um just to yeah i've talked about myself for a really long time no that's good that's good i, I mean this ep- yeah. this is this is about you it's it's your it's an interview about i guess so yeah yeah um okay so the this is this question right here yep um how come how come you are working a job you're overqualified for overqualified for oh um because i have low ambition no no that's not really true i don't have low ambition um, that's a good question. Why? Because I am overqualified. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I'm, yeah, it's a waste of talent what I'm doing. Um, why am I working a job that I'm ridiculously overqualified for? Um, because the way I've chosen to live my life has led me to a situation where um, presently I live in a city which I haven't spent a lot of time in and I don't have a lot of developed contacts. And I haven't, um, there's so many reasons. Like one of them is like, I don't want to interact with people. I especially don't want to interact with customers and I don't have the necessary qualifications to um, work in a business facing office job. And I don't, I don't even know if I would like a business facing job. Um, I'm here right now because it's like convenient because it's convenient. That's like, that's that's the best, most precise answer. And yeah, that's, that's the answer I can give because it's convenient. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with convenience and uh, um, everybody needs to make ends meet. So the amount of money that I'm making right now is fine and I'm happy with it. Um, right now I have like, my job doesn't require much of me intellectually and it's not, it's not intellectually stimulating at all. So, I mean, but I, I've got my fingers in a lot of pies right now. So, you know, like, as you know, I make music, do a podcast. I'm presently designing a card game. Uh, yeah, like I've, I've got a lot of different shit going on and a lot of different paths of things that I'm pursuing that I could um, I could maybe monetize in the future. Um, so yeah, as far as I, I want a job that I don't really have, I can just like turn my brain off for. So I guess like being un- being ridiculously overqualified is like, it's sort of an advantage because if you don't care about your job, you're not really invested in your job, but you're also overqualified. Your stakes are really low, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't want to say that I'm not ambitious because like my ambitions just aren't attached to my job. You know, they're attached to my extracurricular activities, like my music and my podcast, my game, my creative endeavors. That's where my passion lies, you know, not in my job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that The reason why I ask is because I've known you for a long time and um, some of your hobbies and interests are really um, uh, take a lot of intelligence. I mean, you're you're an intellectual and you're you're really good at um, communication. Um, your conversation skills are off the charts. So like all of these things and uh, when I've 
first getting when we first started being friends you were really interested in computer science and you would do coding and all of these awesome things and made you were talking about designing a game with diplomatic um diplomatic uh uh, what is it uh skills i don't know it was a very complex game and i I opted out so i still do those things i still like occasionally i'll write python scripts and you know i i do apply all like i do apply all those things in my everyday life anyway and i do you know one thing i don't want to talk about is um it, it involves math and i think you know what i'm talking about you don't have to say it but uh uh, just yeah. send it to me. There's certain things like that I used to like talking about, but now I've learned that I shouldn't talk about them. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, send it to yeah. me in Discord real quick so I can see what, what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. Um. About that anymore? Okay. Yeah. I, I I understand. I'll talk about that another time. Um. It, it off the record. Perspective. But that's an, that's another thing that like is extremely 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 difficult and extremely intellectually demanding. I don't. I think I'm like I think it's good that I'm overqualified for my job because it doesn't demand very much of me. All of the fucks I have to give and all of the intellectual energy I have so much to spare on things that require a lot of intellectual and emotional energy um, in like in the areas that I'm passionate about. So I can I can work a job that like I don't hate my job, but it's I'm not really like emotionally or intellectually invested in my job at all. And it's a it's a nothing job. It's a job where I like I show up. I do my stuff. I turn my brain off. I listen to audiobooks on my job and I make the best wage I possibly can. So in other, in other words, it's chill. <laughs> it's super chill. <laughs> and it fits perfectly within my framework of like, what can I do to maximize my time at all times, right? And I think for a job, the best way I can maximize my time is to get is to collect the highest hourly wage I possibly can um, while listening to educational materials. And that's essentially what I do at my job. I have a job where I don't have to, I can do it with my eyes closed and my ears turned off. Nice. So Fair enough. All right. Um, so now, last question, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. All right. Uh, sorry. Are you happy? Why or why not? Am I happy? I think I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy now. Yeah, I am. Why? Why am I happy? I think I like myself finally. <laughs> you know? As you should, I think my I'm, friend. You should love yourself. I think I think I'm cool now. It wasn't all. I was kind of like cringe at 25. I kind of like myself, you know. I I think I'm I think I'm interesting. You know, <laughs> I have like a lot of stuff going on, and I'm like I'm well rounded and well adjusted, and like I li- I like myself, you know, and not in like an egotistical kind of way of like I'm the best person ever, but like yeah, I'm I'm you, good. You digging what you're putting down, right? I'm digging what I'm putting down. I got <laughs> nice. 30, 30 is like a solid age. Like all the fucking general, most of the generalized anxiety is gone you give far fewer fucks about what people think about you um you you're like have enough life experience to where like you can talk about interesting things with relative confidence um you do some like good fucking because like (laughs) good your body isn't breaking down my body's breaking down a little bit like my knees crack joints hurt a little bit arthritis runs in my family (laughs) (laughs) not a problem you're gonna it's gonna run in your in your body when we're 60 and you're listening to this so Dude, my fucking knees hurt already. My knees hurt. Damn. My elf pop. 
that ever happen to you? Uh, Can you pop your elbows the same way you pop your knuckles? I don't think so. I'm trying right now. It doesn't seem to be. Nah, yeah. nah. But uh, uh, sometimes the knees, yeah, like I, my knee just cracked a little when I yeah. when I lifted my foot up. Maybe it's just falling, like needs to move. My knees crack. My ankles crack. My hips sort of make these weird movements. Sometimes my wrists crack. My my joints crack. I, Are uh, you... My shoulders a little bit i'm asking this as, as a friend uh, I'm, I'm asking this as a friend are you smoking crack no absolutely not okay good good because maybe that that would make sense because sorry about the yeah. pun buddy had to do it to you um <laughs> are you yeah. are you getting I, huh? happy i think um i wasn't always good at interfacing with other people yeah and i think i am good at interfacing with other people i just don't like people very much <laughs> day to day i don't like very many people but i'm good at, i'm good at interfacing with people and i get a lot of like validation day to day because I, I get the impression that people like interacting with me you know when you feel like people don't like you yeah i mean most of most of my life i've been unhappy and most of my life i felt like i'm un- unlikable so and i don't feel that way now i feel the opposite of that that's great so, that's yeah. good uh, i don't i don't like you dude i, I know i love you you're my brother uh, you're my brother so. you're my brother you're my brother thanks brother thanks brother <laughs> uh, uh, are we gonna knock on the head or what yep, uh, how long yep, have we been going yep we're good to go good to go is and, this the longest episode we've done we've yep. done jake jake's auto yeah this is the longest episode this is the longest we'll episode do we've episode with the jake episode but this is a good place to stop right now yeah, yeah i don't want it's a continuous series um we got a lot a lot to tell the audience um yeah buddy. all right any last words for the audience that just got to know you and uh, probed you um trans rights are human rights um don't uh don't nut in the pussy if you don't have the money to support a baby words of wisdom